Welcome to another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. Live in Doha, Qatar. We're in Mushrib. Mushrib. I am Wiso Vasquez. This is... I'm not, not sure it's going to be an hour-long podcast because we're doing these live and we're trying to get them, you know, give you guys the feel of what's happening. We're at a bar, the third floor of a hotel. Yes, we are drinking beer. And it's okay. It's okay. Because, you know, everybody's talking about the beer. Cesar, ¿cómo estás? Llegaste. You've been here for a couple days now. Yeah, man, I've been here for about a week now, actually. Oh, that's right. You got here yeah, way early. Yeah, I got here a little, a little too early. A lot of us are wondering if there's going to be a lot of Mexico availability. It turns out... Not really Not until, at all. Until, until today. <laughs> all right. Doing well, right. doing well, man. We got some, uh, there's a game going on, I think, uh, the replaying of the English yeah. game that, uh, yeah, we all know what happened there. Amy, uh, you've been here now for two days. Como estas? Two and a half days. It's going good. Um, thank you to everybody that's been saying they enjoyed my writing and the stuff that we're posting for Fun Mix Nation. So, yeah, so far, so good. Obviously, we've seen the realities of what happens here. But, you know, we have the soccer and everything. So, it's been going well. All right. Uh, Cesar's a little cold, so we might have to speed this up. And he's wearing a blanket right now. But we're... Which, he was joking, saying when we got to this restaurant, why would I need the blanket? And now he's fully committed to the blanket. Yeah, I mean, it's quite cozy. It's, it's nice. It looks good. It's a good, good aesthetic for Cesar right here. It looks like a king. All right, enough intros. Let's talk about Mexico. Be playing for us today, because it's past midnight. Uh, for It is now Tuesday. But for you all that are listening, if you're not listening, maybe you are listening to guitar. Uh, it's tomorrow. Very important game. Mexico versus Poland. We're going to give you a preview. Cesar has been following the team. Uh, Amy's been following the fans. I've just been looking for beer. No, you but, believe in the chance. We yeah. saw that. I, I saw that actually earlier today. There was a fan event, and then I ran into Amy, and I was like saying, hi, to Amy. And I was like, oh, where's Wiso? And of course, Wiso, you're right in the middle. I was like the fan chance, just, 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 just leading it all, man. My, uh, we need to get better chance for Mexico, so I was like, teaching people how to how to sing some songs but all right uh important game this is the biggest game in the last four and a half years obviously a world cup game with what's happening with the team everyone's feeling uneasy with the results that have been happening in the last two years this is this is it this is what everybody's been working for but uh you know let's let's start off with you cesar you know you went to the press conference today Starting 11 is still, obviously, it's it's never for sure. Nobody tweets it out like the old Piojo days in Twitter before, like a, 24 hours before. But uh, tell us a little bit about the press conference, and then we'll kind of chat on what our expectations are, kind of review, uh, you know, how we're going to see Mexico play. But uh, with you, let's start with you. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, press conference is quite interesting. Um, so we should call it press conferences because there are two different press conferences. There's a first one with Ochoa. Then we have the second one. Uh, with Tata Martino. I'm not entirely sure why they split up into two. I mean, I, I, I mentioned a message earlier. Like, I feel like if I were to put a tinfoil hat on my head, maybe it's to kind of be like, all right, maybe Ochoa takes up a lot of the time, and then you kind of have, like, Tata just for a little bit longer. I mean, they've been, been doing that, though, for most of the... They've been doing that for most of the... For, for the press conference for everything. No, it was that FIFA. But... Oh, well, the thing, I mean, I, I mean, when Poland did their... So Poland had a press conference right before Mexico's, and they had their manager, they had, like, two players, and as far as I've seen, like, you don't really see this format. So it was interesting. Um, so Cho, when he came out, um, a lot of his press conference was actually just criticizing media. It kind of, like, caught me off guard um, how much he was criticizing media. He was saying that... Uh, he feels like uh, sometimes he'll 
he'll see headlines that are fake and then he'll click on it and then it turns out that that's not actually like he actually was saying stuff like this. This is really weird because Tata's always kind of been like, I don't pay attention. Well, that's what Tata says what Ochoa said. Is what Ochoa said. Sorry, Ochoa. Yeah, so it was like, so he was quite critical of Mexican media. And it was also quite, he was uh, saying that he felt like it's uh, Mexican media has like regressed recently. Uh, and he also said that, I mean, like I said, it was, it, it caught me completely off guard. Like, is this Ochoa with his PR campaign that uh, Amy has a theory of? No, I, I don't think Ochoa, because it's, it's funny that you mentioned this because it's not verbatim like at all, but it's along the same lines of what Guardado started doing in L.A. during the media day, oh, where okay. it was kind of like, not an agenda, but it was this kind of like... We need your support. You guys are in charge of the perception that people get, and okay. any of the negativity that you guys claim to have is from you. Like, yeah. we don't really hear it amongst ourselves. We don't really hear it with Tata. And then Guardado alluded, he did the comparison between Tata and JCO in terms of, like, leading up to the World Cup. There's just nothing but negativity for Mexico. Yeah. So I don't know if that's just... No, that's, that's such a good... Yeah. I, I, I mean, then again, we've talked a lot about how it's it very much is sometimes, like, like national team under Tata versus everybody else. So yeah. it's not, like... Although it does kind of catch me by surprise, I'm not, like, completely surprised because it's been a constant... That week. makes a lot more sense that when you have, like... Because, obviously, those two players are very vital figures. I mean, obviously, the two of them are about to... Uh, not break the record but reach the record for most world cup appearances so i think there's like some symbolism there of these two figures who are like such crucial like leaders for l3 and they're saying stuff like that because it does make a lot of sense because it was a lot of ochoa saying like yeah you are media you are in charge of these narratives and you're basically not supporting us actually like in a way like that's kind of like what it felt like he was saying i completely agree especially when before the World Cup, what we're talking about and that what Ochoa's talking about is the fans, and which, okay, you know, we've seen it all over the place. Fans are not happy, and that this is the World Cup when you need the fans. I don't, I think the fans are here, and they're going to cheer, and they're going to go full out. That's one thing at the World Cup. It changes, but it can change very quickly if there's a negative, you know, because if people are here and what's happening. But it's, it's telling that one day before Ochoa chooses to be like, I'm going to point the finger to the media. Actually, now I'm even thinking about this, too. Just, like, maybe there was some sort of conversation. Because now what Amy just said earlier, like, maybe there was some sort of internal conversation to be like, hey, let's try to, like, hype things up. Let's try to unite people here. Because I keep thinking about one line that it keeps standing out, like, 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 like standing out to me was just uh, Raul Jimenez recently saying that it's just not only the players on the field or the players who are called up, but he says it's, like, we're millions of Mexicans. And I kind of, like, I wonder if that's all part of this kind of, like, idea that like they're trying to like unify the team and whatnot i don't know like i didn't really even think about this till now it yeah. could definitely be it that's like the missing piece i'm more worried about how they're gonna line up i mean <laughs> the fans are gonna come like i thank you ochoa for trying to get everything going but i'm not worried about the fans what did that what did that say during the press conference tata so tata martino uh so what he was uh, trying to say there like uh, in the press conference he it was fast because he actually what stands out to me the most actually was uh, his back and forth between uh Rafa Ramos and him, <laughs> where oh, Rafa. Uh, Rafa tried to get him a little riled up and uh, was asking him about like you know he was like he's like oh like Rafa was implying that like there is no intensity in this team uh, and he was like and he was like and that's what you said uh, yeah about this squad and then that was like actually that's what I said last November I feel like it's different now and he's like well do you feel like you haven't like there's some intensity now and then uh, <laughs> and that was just like no I if you've been watching like. There is intensity. It was a fascinating back and forth. Literally, you, you actually had to have, like, a FIFA representative pull the mic away 
from. Rafa kind of kept going. The yeah, yeah, because Rafa kept going. Uh, but no, but it was. Um, I, I've used the word tense, and like I don't want to like c- continue saying tense, like as if it was like really like. I don't know, like negative, but I say tense just because of the opposite of like what it was like in the the Poland press conference, um, where they were joking around. The manager stuck around afterwards to chat with other like journalists, and they were giving each other like patting each other in the back and kind of like high fiving, and it felt so different from like a Mexico press conference. And I, I just felt when I walked away, it was just like it feels like Mexico is so much more tense, like as opposed to Poland, who feel more lighthearted and kind of like not interesting really hey, maybe poland's like hey we're here we're gonna give our we're gonna give our best oh, yeah. taking this moment to uh thank panini who uh we're working with here at the world cup uh if you have not finished your panini book please do so you can order stamps you can go around and online paniniamerica.net thank you again panini and we'll keep talking about Mexico and these great daily pots and thank you to our sponsor let's talk about starting 11 like we talked about uh, we never really know with Tata, yeah. and usually a lot of press don't know, but stuff kind of gets leaked. Um, reports that are coming out of today is the one question that we all know is who's going to be the number nine, because Tata Martino has said, you know, you know, Funes Mori is there, he's the replacement, Raul supposedly is 100%. But it all points that he maybe isn't. How could he be if he just played one game after being so many times? How long, right? So he can't be 100%. Maybe he can run, he can practice, but as far as rhythm is not there. Are you going to put in someone that's not in rhythm? It's not even 100%. Are you going to put somebody that's not in rhythm in your most important game of the, of the group? Um, and people say that it's going to be Henry. Uh, as far as the midfield, the question mark there, you know, uh, Luis Chavez, who did an amazing job, who's yeah, had a play job, is yeah. will he get a start? And how fast is that changing? Um, Edson Alvarez is, is, is another one of the questions where he didn't play in the last few friendlies. My theory is that Tata has been saving him, lo está guardando, so he doesn't give anything away with yeah, Poland because yeah. he's a vital key of either, you know, what Edson does. And I don't think there's going to be surprises in the back uh, out there or even Ochoa. So do yeah. you guys... Uh, those three spots, I think, are the ones that are kind of in questions. We can see everybody else. I mean, let's kind of go by everyone here. You know, Ochoa, and then you have your back four that we've seen. Yeah. Sanchez, Moreno, um, uh, Cachorro, yeah. and then uh, Gallardo, yeah, right? That makes sense. I mean, I think, I think that makes the most sense to me. And I feel like, like you said, the big question marks are the midfield and who's going to be the starting striker. And the midfield for me... I feel like what makes the most sense, and if, if it's true what Gibran Araike said recently on Tudiene, it does make sense that you would have an Edson Alvarez, that you would have an Ache Ache, and then a Luis Chavez. I think that's a decent midfield, to be perfectly honest. And would I be doing this for all three group stage matches? I don't know, but to start off the World Cup, I think that'd be ideal. Hold on, Amy just got up and uh, sang some karaoke right now. She's sitting despacito. No. <laughs> no, never mind, never mind. All right. Uh, in the midfields... In the midfield is what the big questions are. Luis Chavez, everybody's been raving about. My question is, is Herrera going to get that start after the season that he had with MLS? Tata's always said that he is the most talented player he has. And, uh, you know, it'll be huge if he comes in with the start 11. How much he relies on a playmaker like Hector Herrera. One pass after a horrible game in that last game. One small pass can make a difference. Herrera starting for you? No. 
Amy flat out no with uh, with no commentary. Um, or else in the midfield. I mean, I think Edson Herrera. If Charlie Rodriguez starts, to me, that's where I'm like, no, I don't want him to start. No, I'm just asking you if you want him to start. That's no, no, I said if Charlie Rodriguez starts, that's where I'm kind of going, what are you doing, Tata? I mean, that's a tough decision because I think it depends on what you're trying to do tactically. Maybe if you have two like more holding midfielders that you would want to have a Charlie Rodriguez is more like a 10. But I think if you're going like at the traditional 4-3-3 that Tata usually uses, I'm not sure if I want Charlie Rodriguez in there. Especially when we're waiting for, I don't think Poland to be a, a team that's going to hold the ball a lot. We're not waiting for Poland to you know have possession. We saw Poland play against Sweden. Poland, Sweden? Poland, no, no. We saw Poland play. Poland plays. We played Sweden. Poland played. What did Poland play? All right, well, I'll come back to that. On Polish last game, we saw Poland just wait, 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 come back. But then those counterattacks were lethal. They were able to win the game. Uh, Chile, I'm sorry. Against Chile. Poland, yeah, Poland versus Chile. That's where you, you're kind of seeing that Poland's going to hold back. Poland is going to wait, wait, and wait, and wait. Look for that mistake. Mexico's going to have possession. Chile had, I think, over 70% possession in the last game. So Poland knows the game plan. The, what uh, Tata needs to do is to be creative, have creative players, and that's where I kind of go, where's Diego Linus? But okay, we're looking at, uh, I could see Piojo coming in just so what he can come in, but entering to see how he's going to line up. Up front, it looks like it might be Henry Martin. I would start Funes Mori. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing is, like, that's not an easy answer. That, like, that's that's tough because, like, I feel like you can make an argument for and against every single forward option Mexico has. You can make an argument for Funes Mori. You can make an argument for Raúl Jiménez. You can make an argument for Henry Martínez. You can easily make an argument against all those players too. So it's really tough, and I don't envy actually <laughs> Tata Martina for having to make that decision because I feel like no matter what he does. He's going to get heavily criticized unless that player ends up finding the back of the net. I feel like no matter what he does when he chooses that player, it it, it's, it it might be dealt with a lot of criticism, yeah. Uh, Chucky Lozano, Alexis Vega. There's no way, you know, Tata's making any changes there. I think it'd be kind of crazy. I think Alexis Vega's ready to have a, an amazing and amazing World Cup. Uh, anybody else that you might see you want to see, Amy? In what sense? What do you mean? In a sense that, you know, for example... Uh, up front, Funes Mori, Henry Martin, especially in a number nine position? I mean, I think, and I, and I, it's not because I'm an Americanista, but I do think that as far as strikers go, Raul's still injured. He's not 100%. Funes Mori, he didn't have that great of a league season. So I think Henry Martin could be the player that comes out with a lot of heart, which, I mean, you can't necessarily create that into performance on the field, but I think if you want to have a good system with Vega, with Chucky on the side, Henry might just be able to deliver when it matters the most. So I would say, although I don't completely agree with it, I would like to see him play. I think to me it's to see how forward Mexico plays in. We know Poland's going to get back, and we talked about that, but Mexico, we've seen where they're at. They're not very successful on the bunker ball, so I'm interested to see how Tata learned. Like it's not like it's going to be something different. This is what's going to happen, and it's all going to be in that midfield. That's going to be very, very important. 
You know what I think will be interesting is, and I'm only saying this because of what happened between U.S. and Wales today, is the U.S., I think, their inexperience ended up biting them at the end with the way Wales was able to level the game. So I wonder, despite all the critiques that we've given to the national team about being one of the oldest teams, about holding on to the veterans the way Tata has, I do wonder if that'll be some type of advantage tomorrow because they've been here before. Even though the team hasn't delivered by any stance and I have very low hopes for them, I do wonder if they feel slightly confident because a lot of them have been here before. Yeah, I think, I think that's a really good point because if you think about it, uh, when Tata Martino was coaching Paraguay, it was like 12 years ago. I know it was 12 years ago, but when he coached that Paraguay side, they had about an average age really, really close to where Mexico is at right now, around 28 years old. And in that in that World Cup, Paraguay ended up qualifying for the quarterfinal stage. And this was a team which is about the same age as Mexico. So it's a gamble what Tata Martino is doing. But at the same time, maybe, maybe with that experience, maybe with that uh, veteranship in the team, that's enough to kind of help carry the team into that quarterfinal stage. I don't know, like, I'm not saying they make those going at all, but like, yeah. yeah. That Pat White team was boring. Yeah. Which goes back to how Tata is yeah. doesn't give you so much of these amazing games, exactly, but get those exactly, type of results. Exactly, though. Like, you're saying they're boring. It's like, there are a lot of Mexico fans right now who would tell you this Mexico side is boring. Would people really care that much if not so we're going to make it to the Partido? But if you had a similar result, would you still have the same complaints? No, you wouldn't at all. I'll take boring to the semifinal any day. <laughs> so I'm okay. I'm okay. You got to win those games. All right. Uh, we're getting to the uh, end of the podcast. As you can see, there's a party going outside here. Um, I want to hear your predictions, official predictions. Amy's already saying, nah, I don't want to, but we're going to start with you, Cesar. What do you think is going to happen? 2-1 to one Mexico. I think 2-1 to one Mexico. Hopeful Cesar with a 2-1. to one. Amy? I'm not answering this question. Thank you guys all for listening. Uh, we're going to make Amy answer a question. Amy, go ahead. I don't have to do anything I don't want to. I'm not answering this question. All right, well, Amy doesn't want to answer, which means, which means she wants Mexico to win. I'll interpret that as a as a 1-0 Mexico for Amy. Um, we should pull out a win. I think I think we're gonna win. I think it's gonna be a. I I think Tata is gonna try to just like it's like here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna stick to my game plan to get 1-0. Um, maybe a mistake by Poland, just trying to get a little bit more, trying to get something out of it, and maybe a 2-0. So, but I'll go I'll go 1-0 Mexico. Yep. On my on my. Um, a tie is not the end of the world. A loss is pretty much finished at the World Cup. You lose 7-0, you, you lose 7-0, and you can go ahead and just tata pack your bags. Like, I'm okay, I'm okay firing somebody in the middle of the World Cup. All right, all right, all right. This has been an amazing Mexican soccer show live from Doha. We're going to continue to do these. Whatever what questions you have, Tweet at us. Uh, Amy's doing an amazing piece, uh, kind of a live blog that's happening at the World Cup on Footmix Station. Cesar with the ESPN pieces. Yeah, I had a, had a news earlier today, um, the press conference from Mexico on Ochoa's uh, comments and what Martina had to say, and also had like another deeper piece on just my thoughts on the 
the older generation of Mexico has. And yeah, on paper, you would be, we would all be celebrating the fact that we now have like two more players breaking records in World Cup appearances, but we're not because it's an aging squad and no one feels happy about that. That could be a whole conversation in itself. That four out of five players that are in their fifth World Cup are Mexican. Yeah, right. Is that a good, is that bad? Because no, no, no. why are we not turning out better players? Exactly. All right, that could be another conversation, another great article. Um, I'll be doing some uh, stand-ups, you know, doing giving you guys my World Cup dailies. And then also, if you are in England, I'll be on BBC tomorrow before the game. Uh, I just got a pretty cool little, an hour before doing some uh, commentary with uh, the BBC who reached out. So I'll be doing that an hour before the game. This has been a great Mexican soccer show from Doha. Hasta la próxima. Well, that ended with the music. It ended perfectly. Oh, wow. yeah. It ended great. All right. Adios.